Hello, and you're tuned in to another segment of A Journey with Women Who Boss Up. This is where I have conversations with women who rise above and become bosses. These women have a sense of confidence and awareness about where they stand in this world, and they handle their business and authentically love what they do. Now, my guest today is Sakina Tennyson. Sakina, how are you? I am doing wonderful. Thank you, Marcy. Glad to have you. Thank you. So Sakina is the owner of Possibilities Network, an organization that partners with Michigan Rehabilitation Services to connect individuals facing employment barriers with suitable job opportunities. And she's also the creator of Dream Life Academy Coaching. She has made it her mission to empower women to start their own businesses. She empowers women to go from workers to business owners. And today we'll be having this conversation as we talk about her journey to entrepreneurship. So, Sakina, tell me, what was life like for you growing up? Oh, okay. So, I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio. I am the youngest of five. Life, I don't know if you know anything about, about Youngstown. It's kind of a, a bit of a rough town, now ghost town. Really? Growing up, yeah, Youngstown it, it recently was considered the worst city in the U.S. Oh, <laughs> That's, wow. Yeah. So, pretty rough, but... I just remember growing up wondering, what am I going to do with my life? And, you know, how am I going to get there? Literally as a kid, like, this is not where I want to stay. I knew that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I didn't know how to get out of that. But I don't know if you remember that show called The Real World. Do you remember that yes, show? Yes. Uh-huh. It was like one of the first reality TV shows. And I remember seeing um, kids traveling and all those things. And, and, and I think it might have been one black boy in the show. <laughs> I, it's been so long ago. Yeah, I don't it's, remember, a, it's but, an old yeah. show. And um, I remember that show actually making me think, oh, I want to travel. I want to go overseas. I want to go to college. Just from that little exposure, like, oh, that's something that I can do with my life. And so growing up, I didn't feel a lot of hope locally, but I started imagining something different. So I did end up going to college. I did end up traveling. I lived in South America for about a year. And I kind of just like used that as my inspiration went from there. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So, you stumbled into the world of personal development after reading The Power of Positive Thinking at the age of 12. At Let's 12. talk about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Ah, you are good finding this information. <laughs> okay. So, when I was young, now thrift stores are really popular now, but at the time, I was always mortified when my mom took me into a thrift store. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? And my family frequent thrift stores. It's a funny thing because I go in there and see another kid from school and I'm embarrassed, and they're in there too, you know, the logic, right? right. So one time I, I went to a thrift store with my mom, and I wanted, went to look at the cassette tapes, and I found that cassette tape in the thrift store, and I found a tape recorder. And um, I asked my mom to purchase it for me, and I got it, and I started listening to that. And I would fall asleep to that. Really? As a little kid, yeah. Wow. But I didn't tell anybody because what little kid is listening to the power of positive thinking, right? (laughs) Wasn't the coolest thing to do, but I would listen to that. And I remember, like, how I would feel sometimes when I was sleeping, just internally uplifted. Mm-hmm. And that planted a seed. I, I couldn't articulate what that was as a kid, but I just remember I felt better. I think that I probably always struggle on some level with anxiety and depression, and that would help me to feel better. And so, yeah, I started listening to it from a thrift store. Imagine anxiety and depression at the age of 12. Yeah, I, I think I always have. I didn't realize it until I was later in life um, when I had a loss, and my doctor said, you probably already always struggle with this. Yeah. Okay. So, so you have two different businesses. 
Possibilities Network and Dream Life Academy Coaching. I, I actually, I have one business and I have a couple couple different offers under that business. Okay. Yeah, well, I have more than one business, but that, <laughs> are the both of those are under Possibilities Network. Okay. Um, yeah, and so Dream Life Academy Coaching was birthed out of me leaving my job. So I um, went to undergrad, then went to grad school and loved my job until we moved. I had like a beautiful office and then they moved us into a building where we had cubicles and and I just, a lot of the move and the way that the agency was, the direction was going really wasn't what made me happy anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew the name of my business several years before I um, went into business. I remember being in Barnes & Noble one day, and I was like, one day I'm going to have a business and call it Possibilities Network. But because I had student debt, and I had done six years to become a therapist, I was like, well, I need to get a job, right? Right. And so I remembered after a while, like, you always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so I I didn't, I want to say I took the leap and left. There is a leap, but no, I didn't quite do it that way. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm used to having money. I don't want to be broke. Okay. (laughs) So before then I was, I was always spending money. I loved buying coach purses and Mm -hmm. that was a thing. And so I didn't save very well, but when I was ready to leave, I figured out how to save. I figured out how to uh, come up with an offer. I figured out a lot of things fast because I was determined to change gears, switch gears. And so Dream Life Academy coaching was birthed out of that. Women like me, you have responsibilities. You have a family. I had a husband at the time. I still do. But my husband, we were newly, we were early on in our marriage. And he was like, you gonna what? Ah. Yeah. Uh (laughs) He was not, he wasn't, he was not immediately like, yes. You know, I pretty much got to the point where I was like, I'm going to leave, so, uh-huh. you know. Get used to it. <laughs> yeah. It is what it <laughs> It's going to happen. Okay. Um, but I had to come up with a plan that was convincing for both of us. And so I started teaching women how to do that. Like, you you want to leave. You, we stay in places way longer because we don't know how to transition to what we really want, especially when it comes to business. And so I want to show you how to do it and keep your money. Like, you don't have to go broke. Because it was very popular at one time to, like, people sleep in their cars. Like, the world of personal development, you know, that's mm-hmm. what they tell you. That, oh, we have this rags to riches story, you know, and that's mm-hmm. how we became business owners. But I wasn't willing to give up. That I was very comfortable in my life. Okay. And most people will not do that, right? So I want to, wanted to teach women how to do that. How do you transition into business, keep your creature comforts, plan well with your money, How do you create a solid offer when you don't know what you want to do as a creative entrepreneur? Because that was my experience. Okay, so what about those that's in the workforce? Do you, like, have a strategy for them to quit their job? Yes, so it's called an employment exit strategy, actually. (laughs) And so um, it's a three-part strategy to help them to plan ahead. And I think I start um, counterintuitively. Most of the time when people teach uh, someone like they're doing business coaching or strategy or whatever. It's like, um, it's about what is the product you want to offer? What's your business plan? I don't start there. Okay. I start with what is the life style that you're trying to create? Interesting. Right. Because what happens a lot of times is people create a plan for their business or they think I'm going to leave my job. I, I could, if I make this amount of money, it's going to be enough and I'll be happy, right? But then they create the same circumstances 
that made them want to leave their job. Okay. Overworked. I can't travel. I don't yeah. have enough time with my family. And so I have people come from the standpoint of where are you trying to go with your life? How do you see the day to day? Now, how do well, how much do we need to make to create that? And how do you create a business offer that is in alignment with the lifestyle? That's good. Yeah. So that's that's what I focus on. Okay. So tell me, what's unique about your business? Um, what's unique about my business? That's a very good. Nobody's ever asked me that question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think partially, like I said, the angle from which I come. I also think I don't know if this is unique. I think it's different than conventional wisdom. Mm-hmm. But I do not believe in business plans. <laughs> I okay. Don't. I think that you're the first. Okay. I mean, I mean, I talk to a lot of people, but everyone's like, "Get your business plan, get yeah. your business, or your business model, or your business plan." Yeah. Let me tell you why. Okay. okay. How many people? And I just want you to think about this. How many people do you know that have been talking about a business for the last three, four, five, six years and working on a business plan, mm-hmm. and are have not started yet? There's a few. There's a quite few, a few, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I can see how people, it, it doesn't quite make sense. So you're doing projections for three, four years out. Right. You're um, making a lot of assumptions, right? But you haven't even tried it yet. You haven't tried the product. You haven't tried the service. You haven't tried the model yet. So you don't really know. You don't really know. Okay. Complete waste of time. To me. Okay. Unless you need money from mm-hmm. a bank, then you need to have a business plan. Right. But exactly. otherwise, it doesn't make sense. And so what I get people to do is move way faster, have this 10-day process of from inception of their idea to trying it and before the market getting feedback to even know if you like what you think you want to do and if the market wants it. Interesting. That's different, definitely. So I believe you try it faster Mm -hmm. at the minimal cost possible for you, and then you decide to move forward. Okay, that's good stuff. Good information. (laughs) When did you realize you had the right idea? Mm, As far as a business? Yes. Well, I think, okay, so when I left my job, I obviously didn't know too much about business. So I didn't jump out there and say, hey, I want to help people start their businesses. Mm -hmm. What I started out with is a mastermind group. Have you ever heard of them? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So most people are familiar with them, but every time, every now and then I meet somebody, they're like, what the heck is that? (laughs) So I was thinking, okay, I want to meet with other people who want to start businesses and let's mastermind together to help each other. Okay. So out the gate, I did that. But I I did take some business, um, some business accelerator program. And in that program, I was always struggling with my offer. And they had this traditional model. This is what you do. And I was like the test, the case study for why this doesn't work for a lot of people, especially if you're a creative entrepreneur and you're not just, you're not like buying a business or something where you have to get money and it's a creative process. It doesn't tend to work. Right. Okay. And so I remember going up front, you had to talk about your business model, uh, your business idea. Nobody really got it. I remember talking to the uh, coach privately. He was like, Meh, nobody's going to buy your offer because they won't pay $10 to come to our program. Really? Right. <laughs> but I believed in my offer. So my offer was the mastermind. It was $25, a, which is way too cheap. So I'm going to tell you that. I was going to say, yeah, way I never had cheap. a mastermind that low, but okay. Right. So it was like $25 a month and then you meet once a month, right? And so what I would do is sell it at like six months at a time. And then I think I got eight people in the first time I put it together. Mm-hmm. And so how I did it is I found all these people that I knew were interested in business, invited them to this golf club at uh, to dinner, okay. paid for the appetizer, 
and told them about the offer, okay? Some people said yes right away. Other people came for the free food. (laughs) (laughs) And then after it was over, I sent mailed them all the thank you card, and that's how I got my first eight people. Okay, excellent. Now, are you still doing the mastermind? No, because it's too cheap. It was (laughs) okay. So I was like, uh, yeah, no, I don't want to. This is not enough to make money. But what I'm saying is like that was the beginning of me understanding how you just gotta put it out there and start it. It totally worked. But I needed to charge more. Okay, yeah. I got it. Got it. Got that should have been a lesson for my coaches that w- that was too cheap. Okay, so what has been your most satisfying moment in business? Mm, most satisfying, the work that I do, and that's a really hard question. The most satisfying, it has to be one. <laughs> yeah, just one. Okay, one. what has been my most satisfying? Mm. <laughs> well, this past, I'll talk about something that happened really recently. This past summer, on the employment side of what I offer, for the first time ever, I offered a summer work program. I had 18 students register. Um, I had, um, we worked with 12 different businesses all through Cass County. And um, I think total collaboration to make it happen was like 75 people. Okay. And it was a program that I, that was it was my program. Mm-hmm. And throughout the program, it was a six-week program, and we were able to retain every single student. Oh, that's nice. It's incredible, yes. right? And so what I did in the end, it's like a lot of times you do things like that nobody knows, right? Mm-hmm. So there's all these people involved, but they don't all see each other. Oh, I hired 13 people work for me this summer, including teachers and parapros. Oh, okay. And so I thought I really have to get everybody together so that everybody can see what happened. And so first time ever for business, I raised money because I didn't want to – pay for the celebration you know Mm -hmm. I was like okay I want to raise money so I got some donors we reached our goal and then I had a celebration about 55 people showed up and we were able to just let the whole community see employers partners the city everybody was there that was a satisfying moment I bet that sounds like it awesome congratulations to you yeah so what was your biggest aha moment Mm, in business yes you have a really good question (laughs) Biggest aha. I think this is probably a little different too. Okay. My biggest aha was why it's important not to work with people you don't enjoy. Hmm, that's good. Okay. Why did you come to that conclusion? Well, (laughs) I remember without like being too specific (laughs) about the situation, (laughs) I just remember, um, an opportunity that I had with somebody who had a reputation for not paying or um, not doing it on time, um, com- having some complaint repetitively, mm-hmm. and they had lost many opportunities with other people, right? Oh. But they were the they were the the linchpin to a lot of money. Let's okay. just say that. And I remember when I work with them, I put down my own parameters because I always have my own process. I don't care if. I have an offer for you if even if you're an agency or individual, I believe in my own process and then I work with your process. And so they wanted to give me an opportunity without all the details and then I would have to do it at the last minute or my team would. And I said, if you don't have it to me by this time, I'm not doing it. Okay. And it was, I lost a lot of money. Like that person never came back to me. They actually started working with somebody that was my client. Oh, wow. And they made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't worth it to me. Okay, and sometimes you, you're right. You have to just let those go. Yeah. Close that door. 
another door will open. Exactly. So, okay. So what's non-negotiable for you? Non-negotiable for me is, and I'm so, so that one was a fast one for me. Like immediately, I do not like messy, complicated, unproductive relationships. Ah. As a matter of fact, the motto of our business is a better life for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, And every time I do a presentation, whether it's to an agency or partner, I emphasize that the way that we intentionally work is that we keep our relationships elevated. And so like if you are, you know that the culture of your company or agency doesn't match that, you don't want to work with us. We can address problems, but we don't like gossip. We don't um, like any part of any of our partnerships disrespected. That's just not my, that's not my personality and that's not the vibe. (laughs) Yeah. So. All right. Very good. Now, Back to the business and what you do, you mentioned your offerings. Let's talk about Better Life Yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. So so one of the things that I think probably could throw you off with my business right now is I am in transition. Mm-hmm. So my offer for Dream Life Academy, like the doors are closed right now, and my team is working on shifting my social media where we're not going to be talking about that until we open the doors again. So... But what we are focusing on right now is um, the employment services that we offer with the state of Michigan. Um, and we don't really have to market for that. So that's the thing that has been tricky about it is you'll see Dream Life Academy and our employment, I mean, our um, business stuff all over social media, but not our employment stuff because we've never had to market. Okay. But now I've moved into a new county and partnerships are really important. So we're shifting now <laughs> um, to focusing on elevating what we're doing with employment more because I want businesses to easily, which I don't need to market to the businesses, but I do need the partnerships. Does that make sense? Right. The mm-hmm. businesses aren't my primary client. Right. So we're shifting gears and um, focusing more on sharing with businesses what we do. So with the program with the state of Michigan, I'll break down what we do. So Better Life Yet is kind of where we really started in Cass County. Mm-hmm. And that Better Life Yet is Yet stands for Youth Employment Training. And so we started with that summer work program that I mentioned. And we employed those students and we created these partnerships with um, businesses. But now we're moving on to um, an occupational education program. Um, we're providing job development. So we're helping people get placed in jobs with employers locally. Pretty soon we'll have an office, okay? So we'll be offering multiple things all related to employment Mm -hmm. in the county. And it's more locally focused where Stream Life Academy is like I've got clients online. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and so it's employment services. And and the way that I work with employers, the clients that come to me from the state of Michigan to get a job, they're my client, but also employers are my client. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to get new employers every year. And so I'm building my employer base and focusing on what do our employers in Cass County need so that they can have great candidates for employment. They can have problems solved on their businesses when it comes to um, disability related issues. And a lot of the employers in, I would say Dwajak in particular, I don't know about all of Cass because I'm making my rounds. Mm-hmm. They are tend to be solopreneurs or small businesses. So they have a lot of needs and not a lot of money. Exactly. And so one of the things that we want to solve is how can we find people that can solve a particular problem? Like, for example, we have somebody who's really good online, Mm -hmm. really good in writing, 
but they're they don't talk a lot right okay so but they could be good for a business that needs somebody to manage their social media right so that's the kind of stuff that we're we're focused on employment okay sounds yeah. great now yeah. you mentioned partnerships so how important is it to build those partnerships build those relationships and networking super important <laughs> as i'm sure you know marcy right yes you know, I, I think I did a post in one of my private business groups today, and I think it's about integrity mm-hmm. because it's like I can build the partnerships. I'm not a great marketer, but I'm a great salesperson, and people conflate the two. They are different. Right, they are different, yeah. right? So, like, if I can get in front of you, um, 90% of the people I talk to about my program say yes, right? I, I'm pretty convincing. Okay. But if I don't keep that relationship so I can convince you, but I don't deliver on what's promised. I can't keep the partnership. Exactly. And to me, that's the integrity piece, and that's what a partnership is about. It's like a long term, like you know, when right. we think about partners, it's a long term relationship, right? Right. And people so, do business with people they like, know, and trust. And so. trust, mm-hmm. right? And so the partnership for me is to be able to get in front of them, but also that if I say I'm going to do something, <laughs> that I deliver, and then I I'm consistent with it. Okay, sounds yeah. good. Now, also, you are a volunteer. You volunteer with the Advocates and Leaders for Police and Community Trust. Let's talk about that. You're the co-chair, I believe. I used to be. I did it for two years. Okay. So that might need to be updated on on social media. But, yeah, I did it for two years. Um, I was a co-chair. I love talking about Alpact mm-hmm. because a lot of people haven't heard about it, and to me it's an incredible thing. So Alpact is, yeah, stands for Advocates and Leaders for Police and Community Trust, and it was created, I think it originated in Michigan, like maybe, I'm, I don't want to misquote where, but the goal was, like, you know, when all of these police-involved shootings became more nationally known, Mm -hmm. they created a goal to improve the relationship between police and community. And so Alpact was born from from that. Alpact used to be Southwest Michigan Alpact. I think they may have changed it since I left. But I mean, officers from all over Berrien County would come. I I think that it didn't spread as much as we wanted to, but there's an Alpact in Kalamazoo. There's Alpacts all over Michigan. Okay. Yeah. And I will tell you, there was a police-involved shooting in Benton Harbor at the time when I was co-chair. And I'll never forget the director, McGinnis. Mm-hmm. He came on TV and immediately addressed it. And so many people, What it was a little bit different because it was very common for police to not address it or take too long to respond. And I remember at the time, the community attributed a lot to the work of Alpact. Okay. Yeah, because around that table was all kinds of community people, leaders, and then all kinds of law enforcement. Not very common. Oh, okay. Yeah, but so. you were very passionate about it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can tell, right? Yeah, I, yes, indeed. Yeah. Now, let's talk about accolades and accomplishments. You were named Bold Women of Business for Michigan's Great Southwest in 2022, and you've won multiple awards over the years, including the Department of Labor and Economic Growth Certificate of Excellence in Service. You got the DHHS Star Award, and you were also Moody on the Market 40 Under 40. How do you feel when you get these accolades? Mm-hmm. How does it make you feel? Well, it definitely is affirming because it's it's easy to do the work in the background and, and you know, nobody notices. So mm-hmm. it's definitely affirming. I also think it's important for people to be awarded because it helps you to know you're going in the right direction. Exactly. 
so. and, and people recognize the, the, the good that you're doing, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. even though you don't want the recognition, you right. might not want the recognition because your vision and your goal and your passion is different. This is just what you set out to do. Right. But then to be recognized for it, it's just kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm in the right direction. People are noticing what I'm doing, my good works. Mm-hmm. That's great. Congratulations to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, also, you're writing a book. Now, I was doing some research somewhere. <laughs> you got this book, and I believe it's called The Closest Five, The Art of Good Relationships. But before we go into it, I was reading somewhere, or maybe I heard it, that at the age of three, you were terribly shy, and your brother called you the, the Save the Whales and Captain Planet. <laughs> yes. So let's just talk about all of oh that. First of all, you're an excellent researcher because that's like way in the archives. So that's good. Yeah. So I I wouldn't say just at the age of three, probably most of my life, I was terribly shy. You know, I was, yeah, I remember my uncle telling me not too long ago, he's like, I don't, I don't think you talked to me until you were like adult. And I, I totally adore him. He's one of my favorite people. Uh-huh. But I was so shy. My brother was really popular, actually. Ah. <laughs> so it was so, the popular brother brother of the nerdy sister. But you were the baby of the family. I was the baby, yeah. So then you were just probably overwhelmed because you had all of these. How many <laughs> sisters? How many sisters and how many brothers? One sister, three brothers. Okay. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's probably overwhelming. And then we have a big family. So it was like always like 13 kids in my house. Wow. Yeah. Easily drowned out. Okay. (laughs) You know, and my personality way, I have way more personality now as I'm Mm -hmm. more comfortable in my skin than I did then. I was like with just the quiet one. Okay. Yeah, I was quiet. Um, But yeah, my brother would call me that because even as a kid, I was always concerned about the environment. Before it was a thing, I was concerned about like trash on the street. And I just always had those kinds of things in my mind. And um, so he would call me Captain Planet. Yeah. Save the whales and Captain Planet. Right. Yes, we need to talk about this. Okay, very good. Okay, now on to the book. Okay, so you are writing a book. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about it. Yes, I have been slowly writing a book about relationships. So I, so I did a presentation called uh, Pecha Kucha. Um, mm-hmm. I recommend any everybody does it. It's so cool. So let, let's talk about what is Pecha Kucha. So Pecha Kucha is this, is, I think it's chitter chatter is what it means. Mm-hmm. And they came up with it because they had people like engineers doing presentations and they were long and boring. And so they came up with this shorter way of doing presentations. Like I think you get a few seconds, a slide to do your presentation. So in there, I was talking about this book that I'm writing called The Closest Five, The Art of Good Relationships, and all the bad relationships that I've had (laughs) over my lifetime. The funny thing is my bad relationships haven't been romantic. I've been kind of like, I guess, maybe a a late bloomer with that. Like I I didn't care that much about that. Okay. Right. Um, but it's been like friendships and my ability to communicate and just goofy situations. And so in there, I was talking about that and decided to start writing about it. So for example, when I got married, I, I got married at almost 34. I was used to like, even though I didn't have a ton of money at the time, I always had money because I didn't believe in being broke, okay? Okay. Since I was a little kid, I had money. Okay. okay? <laughs> yeah, I would hold on to my you little money. squeeze a turnip. I could squeeze a turnip. So my friends got used to, like, if they needed to pay their rent, they needed this or that, they would come to me. Okay. Didn't have good boundaries. And I remember when I was getting married, I only had three people that I wanted to be in my wedding, and one of which asked me to give her money to pay her rent rather than oh. being my bridesmaid. Wow. Yeah. That's so, very... Yeah. yeah. Tack. Ick. Yes. yes. So, <laughs> and then another time I remember, like, um, just 
driving all the way here from Michigan to Huntsville to see a friend, and she slammed the door in my face. What? Because, yes. What was the reason? I didn't keep in touch enough. Are you Tell serious? me that's not like. But you just drove all the way. Right. How many hours was that? Like, I just drove 12, to Twelve. What was it? Twelve. You. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. And, but these were the kind of relationships that I was cultivating. Okay, right? yes. And so yes. I always think about that concept that the closest five relationships to us really define who we are. So let's think about me telling you I was a shy, insecure child. Okay. Right? And then I go and I develop these relationships that kind of repeat me not having confidence because look at the kind of people I have around me. Right. Right? And then as I began to either... Because I was forced to, like, my husband was really good at helping me. He has way better boundaries. So, okay. so he was like, what? She did what? You need to be done with that, right? Exactly. And so as I got healthier with my relationships, I could see how they impacted the trajectory of my life. Okay. And I know that that's what it does for all of us. So I talk about all the different, the the jokester, the loyal person, the, it's all kinds of personalities that show up in our lives that make a difference and an impact on who we become. Okay. So, so that's what the books is about. Okay. About. So then you talk about the user, the abuser, the loser, the amuser. Yes. The playmates and the soulmates and how all of these relationships affect us. Yes. That's amazing. That's mm-hmm. good. Okay, and yeah. so when are you going to be done with this book? I know, I need to get yeah, on it. Because I'm like, okay. <laughs> but can you relate to how all these yes. different personally, personalities I've been there with follow some up? Of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and back, you know, when we're young, because we're learning, as we mature, you kind of realize, you know, your circle, you want positive people in your circle yeah. and not the naysayer or the negative person. So as you get older, most of us want a positive circle. Yeah. So, yes. And it's like, we, we privately can have those, like, man, I need to vent. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's like publicly we stand up for each other. You know, we're loyal. Right. Yeah, and it's it took a lot for me to get there, but that's what you need. And I, I just want to say this because I feel like a lot of people, whether it's business, whether it's writing a song, whether it's a play, whatever you want to do and you don't do it, sometimes you got to think about what's influencing you, who's around you, and mm-hmm. what's the p- feedback that exactly. they're giving you because mm-hmm. we believe it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's why I say the negative and the naysayers, you know, like change your circle if all you're getting is negativity because people are thinking, you can't do that. Exactly. You can't afford that. (laughs) How are you going to do that? Right. (laughs) We don't do that type of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, I I totally, yes, I get it. Yeah. And it took forever for me to love that I'm a nerd. Uh I'm a total nerd. And that's okay. Right. And that's that's what makes me money. So, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Okay, so in talking to you, you do a lot. So let's talk about self-care and what you mm-hmm. do in your downtime. I love this. <laughs> you are great. Okay, so self-care, let's start with that. Now, I'm going to tell you it took me a long time, okay, especially the way I used to believe marriage is. So I would come home from work, walk in the back door, our kitchen was right there, and start cooking. And okay. I, for the most of our marriage, I cooked only, really. My husband every now and then, and I clean. Okay? Don't ever do that. Anybody who's listening to me, don't do that. And it took me learning that division of labor is really healthy for Mm -hmm. a relationship to change. But I had trained my husband that that's... (laughs) That part. Right. So so when I I told him, oh, no, we're going to divide the responsibilities, he had an entire fit, okay, for a long time. But now... We split our uh, chores. Okay. And 
we cook every other day. Okay. And I just hired a housekeeper. Okay. You know, I'm looking for somebody to take care of our lawn because we live in a country now. So we oh, have a lot more land okay. and we have chickens. And, and so what I've learned as a part of self-care is some things you just don't do yourself. Okay. Like if you're trying to grow a business, you can't cook every day. Right. I my meal like I meal prep with my friend um maybe 2 weeks ago we made like seven meals, freezer meals. I just pop them out really? of the freezer. Okay. Yeah. Can yeah. I come? Yeah. That's on my, that's on my Next list. time we need to do it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously. Yeah, let's seriously. do it. Okay. Um so that the other thing is when we moved in our house, I immediately got me a sauna. Oh. And I okay. had we hired a designer and in our basement, my husband has his space, and I have my wellness room. It has a sauna and a treadmill. And, and then recently, my husband got me a, um, for Christmas, he got me a hot tub. Okay. You know, and I've learned, um, like, people come in my house, and they see the sauna. They're like, girl, you got a sauna? It's like, yeah, it cost me a couple thousand dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we spend that money. We nickel and dime away things like that. Yeah, you know, you're doing Starbucks every day. Exactly. Fast food every day. Yeah. Those of you that smoke and drink. Right, you know, yeah. You, just, yeah. You can have a sauna. You, you can want take that basement. money and put it towards something that's going to make a difference. Yeah. Last year, I every month, I left and went on somewhere by myself. Every month? Okay. Every month. Now, was it something like, I'll say... Within the area, was it like uh, out the country? Sometimes I went to Puerto Rico in January. I went the next month. It might have been like I don't know Elkhart. There's a nice hotel. I'm gonna tell you about it. We go okay. (laughs) That I go sometimes just, or I might go to Chicago. Okay, and then the following month New York. It's not always expensive. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, sometimes it's just it's like the next town over, but it's just me time. Exactly. You know, and at the time it was me, my mom, and my husband. My mom is in her own place now, but. But um, it was hard to find her senior housing. So it was just, I needed time to myself. I never have a moment to myself. Okay. So I believe in doing that. It's really healthy. Okay. Yeah. I'm at the, that too. Yeah. Definitely that. <laughs> once a mother never thought about that. I, I do once a quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, at least once a quarter, I got to go someplace. Yeah. But I'm going to see, if not once a month, maybe every other month or something like that. Right. Yeah, it does it get expensive. Cause yeah. I, so I haven't done it maybe in the last couple months, but mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So. Some fun stuff. Let's talk about some fun stuff. What do I like to do for fun? <laughs> well, we're well, we going to talk about... Okay, because oh. I'm like, I need to have more fun. Oh, and we homestead. So we beekeep. Oh. Um, yeah, so we, we have that honey coming. And we have eggs. Uh, my husband wants sheep, you know. Really? So we homestead, yeah. Okay. And I, we have a garden. Um, okay, so you homestead. So then you just sell it? Do you, or we it actually just right now just... Give it to our friends. Okay. Well, yeah. Whatever works. One, one day we might sell it, but we don't have time. Okay. Yeah, my husband owns his own business too, so. Oh, wow. So definitely I understand. Yeah. Especially the part about the division of labor. So, you know, especially starting in a relationship, you want to make that, that point clear. Yes, from so the beginning. So they understand. You know, I think that's that's cool. But anyways, what are three words to describe you? <sighs> if I'm not trying to be funny, I'm funny. Okay. Um... Let's see. I structure. Structure. <laughs> I know. Not 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 glamorous, but I'm definitely a structured person and adventurous. Oh, okay. And so tell me, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Order. Okay. I think people underestimate how that makes life easier and grow your business and all of that. Makes the you money. Superpower of order. Yeah. Makes things okay. Yeah. Ah. Who inspires you most? People I serve. Okay. Yeah. The things I see them overcome. Uh-huh. So, like, uh, most of the people that I work with in employment have disabilities. 
Okay. And it's just, it's incredible when I see them do something they didn't think they could do or their family never saw them do. And then people when it, uh, like mostly women, I have some guy clients with business, it's probably 50, 50, Mm -hmm. but when they go from not really thinking they could be a business owner or they can grow their business to doing it. Um, one of the things I like telling people is about my one client when she really got in her business. Okay. Then she started writing music. Oh. You know, all the things that come out of that one step that changes your life. Mm-hmm. And then you, you're bold enough to do the next one. That that inspires me. Okay, very good. Yeah. So let's talk about what was the best advice you ever got. Immediately comes to my, I don't know if this is the best advice, but the power of being an out-of-towner. Out of Okay. Okay. So particularly as it pertains to business, I remember when I first started my business, some people didn't think I should have the right to do it because like, who are you in your thirties to quit your job and you should retire from here? And and they wouldn't give me opportunity. And I remember this guy, he actually, I was in a uh, accelerator program and he came from out of town. He's like, there's something powerful about being from out of town. And if you go out of town, you'll get business. And that's what I did. And that's what grew my business. Okay. Now, do you have a favorite quote? Favorite quote. Oh, I like so many quotes. So let me think of one. I think what one of my favorites, and this is like, um, I think it's biblical, but when I'm thinking about it's from James Allen and his As a Man Thinketh, that's actually a book he wrote, As a Man Thinketh in His Heart, So Is He. But I think that's also in the Bible. Um, And I think that, a lot of who we are, relationships, and how we perceive ourselves, like the mirror they become, and then how we perceive ourselves. Okay. And so, like, if you think you're this way and this is your limitation and that's all you can have, that's what we create. And I think it's so subtle we underestimate it. Mm-hmm. Right, the power of the mind. Yeah, it's and your, your personal perspective. Exactly, yeah. I agree. Now, if someone came to you and was like, I really want a book to read, what book would you suggest to them? I like old books. So those books from the like early 1900s are most of my favorite Historical. books. Yeah, so I like, yeah, they're often in the, um, what do you call it, where it's the public domain. Mm-hmm. So um, 38 Laws of Power, that's Napoleon Hill. I think I have almost the whole collection of that. Really? I recommend that. Mm-hmm. I recommend James Allen, as a man thinketh. Um, I recommend that. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, I should I I'm only supposed to have one, right? You give me one more, that's fine. <laughs> Every Man a King is another one. I'm trying to think of who wrote that. Yeah. And then the Robert Greene books are good. His books are often The 48 Laws of Power, The Art of Seduction, that okay. kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. So tell me, what's next for Sakina? So what's next for me is I'm actually like dwindling down my offer mm-hmm. for now. So outside of Possibilities Network, I do have another business and it's, Real, in real estate, let's just say that. And so okay. I plan to grow my real estate portfolio. Don't need to really advertise it, but that's right. part of what I'm focusing on. And then the other part is mostly focusing on an employment piece because it's growing so fast. And and then eventually with my offer as it relates to helping people start their businesses, I think I'm a niche down to helping people start a training company and a company oh. like mine. Okay. The pivot. Yeah. The so pivot. that's what I'm so that it's really simple. Right. So that's it I want to keep you, it simple. Right. Yeah. Once you realize you got a lot of things in the pot. Yeah. You want to streamline and make stuff simple. Oh, I'm dropping a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. Good. I ask all my guests, what is your definition of a boss? Somebody who owns their own life's journey. Mm-hmm. 
some because money this is the funny thing i've learned as a boss when it comes to money you can have a seven-figure business but retain very little of it mm-hmm. right you can have a business that make you 50k but you keep twenty thousand mm-hmm. of it and so it really is about like how do you create the kind of business, the kind of life, not even if you're in business, that helps you to live on the level of comfort that you want, the freedom you want, and it's like what you want. It's the kind of people you want. It's the mm-hmm. kind of vibe, the feeling that you want, and it's kind of experiences you want. If you create that for your life and then you somehow can translate that into a legacy for others, then mm-hmm. that's, to me, a boss. I like that. Okay. Now, how can somebody contact you? So the easiest way to contact me right now is um, you can contact me by email. It's info at possibilities, plural. So info at possibilities-network. I do have some links out there where people can schedule, but literally they're in the in the process of switching everything. So Right. Sakina, do you have any last remarks? Just thank you, Marcy. This has been wonderful. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to do this podcast and... It kind of reminds me of my own values <laughs> and why I do what I do. So this is fun. And okay. thank you. Well, yeah. Once again, thank you for coming in and sharing your journey with us. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Please leave me a rating and let me know your thoughts. You can follow me on Facebook at A Journey with Women Who Boss Up. My website is www.bossup.com or you can email me at womenwhobossup at gmail.com. Until next time, everyone take care.